You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Rival and 16th ranked Alabama 99-81. 11th ranked Wisconsin loses to Michigan 72-68. And number 19 Creighton falls in overtime to Providence 91-87. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into the Thursday edition of Inside the Locker Room. About made it through another week. These weeks seem to be flying by. Uh, slow down weeks. 205-342-9904 is the front and phone number if you'd like to get in on the show with us this morning. Our ex accounts at locker room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. Email wimpandberry at yahoo.com. Download that app, the Tide 100.9 app, to any one of your devices, your iPad or your smartphone, and you can take us with you anywhere you go. It's that time of year again. The honey do list is growing and the projects are adding up. The time is right to build that new fence, deck, pergola. You've been dreaming about, and there's no better product than Yellowwood brand, Pressure Treated Pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection against rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. So you know your project will last for years. Head on down to your local Yellowwood dealer. Go to yellowwood.com to find that. And always remember, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Justin Jones behind the glass this morning. Not much of a game on free throw shooting contest last night. A lot of fouls called, but uh, Auburn took it to Alabama. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Uh, doing fine. Uh, Seth Greenberg, who I think is very good, good friend of mine, is going to be on at the uh, Hope uh, at the late second hour. I had him down and forgot to remind him. So I guess he'll still be on. If not, we'll get him again. He's very, very good. Uh, last night in the game, uh, certainly, uh, I thought the game was a little bit different. Uh, Auburn started off not to, not contesting the three very well, helping a little bit. I don't want to get too technical with you. And, and Alabama got off some threes and made a couple of them. Uh, Auburn balanced that out uh, with twos because Broom is playing about as good as I've ever seen him play. He's really improved a great deal, and they were so good inside. And then uh, Auburn did a better job of defending defending the dribbler and not having to help off somebody that could shoot a three. And although Sears got 25, uh, he, he didn't quite have the impact, for whatever reason in my mind, that he generally does. I think he only had, I believe he only had one three. Um, so it was uh, uh, a hard-fought game. Alabama did not play as well defensively as they needed to. Gave up a lot of points in the first half and and only had one turnover. And, um, you know, only did had, Got a lot less turnovers than, than Auburn did. Whether the crowd affected them, I don't know. The Williams kid played well besides Broom. Um, Alabama uh, is, you know, tied now. But actually, if you look at it and you had to go to number one, you would have to take Alabama because they have beaten South Carolina and the other two have not played them or um, uh, 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 played them in Kentucky and Tennessee have both played uh, South Carolina and lost. So Alabama had, uh, um, you know, 15, 15 turnovers, something like that. And uh, uh, Auburn is uh, 
inside is very, very good. And uh, Alabama is not as good defensively inside. And one of the, one of the things that uh, when they when Alabama crashed the board with all five people, Alabama uh, Auburn got some cheap ones. Uh, generally speaking, it's the other way around. Generally, Alabama gets the cheap ones, but Auburn got Alabama has a tendency, it likes to do this, to crash the boards on the offensive glass. And sometimes they are, if they have a weak link and they're awfully good, um, you know, don't get back defensively the way they should. So it was a good win for Auburn uh, and uh, not a very good defensive effort, uh, defensive plan by Alabama. Uh, I have found that when you play a game like this, and we got, as we said, really try to ready to play the next game. Uh, you need you need to really work on your kids mentally. Uh, Auburn goes to Florida. That'll be a very hard game. Wouldn't be surprised at all to see Florida beat them. Alabama goes to a lackluster uh, LSU team, but LSU did play fairly well inside against Alabama when they when they played the last time. So. We'll see what happens there, but uh, anyway, last night with the with the games that were played, we had uh, we had six teams uh, on the road uh, that, that lost. Only one team won, and uh, my calculations are not perfect. I don't think maybe by a game or so, but the way I have it, it's forty two and twenty. 42 wins for the road team and twenty wins for the home team. So whether that means anything or not to you, doesn't matter. But you're we're, you're welcome to call in and give your opinion as to what happened. Uh, but uh, Auburn uh, Auburn played awfully well, and it was a good victory for them. I think what we saw there um, is what made the league so difficult back when it was a ten team league, and you guys played everybody twice. You know, when you play Auburn and you beat them here in a close game, uh, their kids are going to be more up to play the next time. So when you got to go back to their home court, uh, let's be honest, Auburn played a little bit harder. Uh, the team that normally loses uh, plays a little bit harder. So th- to me, that's what, unless there was a big discrepancy in the in the talent level, that's what made the home and home where you played everybody twice so fun uh, because you got a chance to go back to their home court and get them if they got you at your place and you saw a team uh, in Auburn last night uh, that was maybe hungrier than Alabama because they lost the first time. Would you agree to that? Oh, I, I think uh, they were ready to play, no doubt about it. I think they designed a little bit better. You know, they they don't do a very good job on Griffith kid. He he burns them every time, and he hit them for a couple of early ones. But I thought they did a better job of defending the dribbler, maybe. Uh, I didn't want to listen to what Jimmy Dykes said as far as being over you know, over analytic uh, about the game, but um, when you st- when the game started, it was it was Alabama uh, made the threes to start with. Auburn didn't do a good job defense, but Alabama, but Auburn came back and made a bunch of twos. Well, twos don't beat threes, but uh, they uh, they got that kind of stopped a little bit. And uh, as I can remember, Alabama was had four more threes than they did, which is total of twelve points and. And Auburn was a little bit better inside. I would agree with you. Auburn was ready to play. Uh, the crowd had something to do with it. There's no doubt about it. The 15 turnovers that Alabama had. Um, I don't know if the crowd had anything. There was some, Alabama goes through periods of times of, of, of really uh, struggling a little bit. I think the uh, the guard play at Alabama is, is, to me, is much better than Auburn. 
not even close. But the inside game is much better for Auburn. Yeah, um, and then that brings me to my next point, which is difficult as a coach to balance what to do. I think Nate Oates uh, felt like they kind of got out-hustled, to be quite honest with you. They got beaten the, uh, I don't know what they call them, the hard hat points or or whatever. But um, now you you got LSU, like you said, so that's a game you got to get them ready to play. So do you, in your Instincts are, man, let's have a tough practice on Thursday to correct some of that stuff. But these kids' legs now are starting to – how do you balance that? When we didn't play as hard as we want, I want to have a tough practice, but I really can't or I shouldn't because of legs and all that stuff. And we got to travel and get, get back on a plane tomorrow. So balancing, trying to get their attention, but also not overdoing it uh, when you're this far into the season. Yeah, I think, I think you show the film. LSU got a lot of inside shots against Alabama. They didn't make many. Uh, they they never used the they never used the backboard. They tried to do all this stuff around the rim. Backboard your friend, um, and the, but they, they had some shots inside. They're a little bit better than they were last year. You're right. I, I think I would show them the film first of all today while they're resting, and then walk through exactly what what needs to be done, and. Um, Maybe have some inside drills or, or play a little bit inside. I, I would be very careful with, you know, raising cane and pushing them and all that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd back off a little bit and, and be ready to go very fresh legged. And and, um, and I would talk about getting getting them fresh legged. I'd say we we're going to keep you ready to go fresh legged. We, we're going to try to correct the mistakes that we made at Auburn and what the LSU did to us, and we'll go from there. That's what I would do. Yeah, sometimes as a coach, you feel like, uh, yeah, you, do. you know, you, I'm not working enough. I got to work on more. If we don't practice, uh, then that might send the wrong message. But really, probably not practicing is the best yeah. thing to do. Uh, so trying to balance, I think you had a good feel for that. Um, and if not, then, hey, let's cut it way down uh, because uh, there's so many games piling up on yeah. each other. Travel starts to take its toll on you. Um, so anyway. This- well, we're hung up on who's, you know, who's going to win the round, Rob, and that's fine. You should be. That's, that's something that, I, and I personally think that, not because I said it, because I'm uh, wrong too, uh, that probably 14-4 or tie for it. Uh, I could be dead wrong on that. Alabama goes to Kentucky, and then uh, that will be a, a game that Alabama can win if they play, because I think they're 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 okay. Uh, they've already lost four, but you could be, you know, whatever. And then they have Tennessee coming at home, which I think is a, is a tough game for them. But Tennessee uh, connect last night at 27. And then uh, the two games that I've talked about, the rest of them I feel like they're going to win Arkansas at home. And, and those games I think they're going to win. The next two games for me would be scary. Just in my mind as a coach without saying anything to my team would be Ole Miss. Uh, and Florida. Yeah, things, uh, you know, two weeks ago, everybody had Auburn out of it uh, after losing two road games. You got to just play the whole thing out. (laughs) You have peaks and valleys. Uh, Fans tend to give up quick, uh, but uh, as you looked at their schedule, you felt like they probably would beat Alabama. They'd get that game back, and so we'll see. All right, we got Tom holding here. We'll get to break, and we'll get to the phone calls here. Two men in truck, uh, great people out of two men in truck. Moving is stressful. And these guys have figured it out how to do it, and they'll do it right, and they'll take the stress away from you. Whether it's a local move out of town, out of state, or you just need people to come out to the house and 
rearrange and put things in the attic, move them around, they can do that for you as well. Give them a call today for a free estimate on whatever you need. 205-247-5050. That is two men in a truck. Movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. A quick check of our major roadways shows no real problem so far this morning. You're making the drive on McFarland Boulevard from Coker through Northport down to U of A and the I-20 beyond. You're moving along nicely there. Posted speeds on 2059 as well between Foster's and Cottondale and the drive along I-359. No big problems, at least for the time being. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Thursday morning, Alabama GOP Senators Katie Britt and Tommy Tuberville joined other Republicans in the U.S. Senate, along with two Democrats, to vote down a bipartisan border security bill. Republicans oppose the bill because they claim President Biden is not serious about gaining control of the U.S. border. 831, that's 800-294-8831. What do you have to lose? Call 800-294-8831. Again, 800-294-8831. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today, the high 63. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild. The chance of showers by afternoon, the high 69. Saturday, cloudy with occasional rain. Maybe a thunderstorm, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Well, somebody answer that damn phone! That's 205-342-9904. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want to. Waste Management, Phoenix Open Day. Dustin Thomas will tee off at 144, but no Nick Dunlap uh, in the tournament. I'm assuming he'll play next week. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline, get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, Coach. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Barry. How are y'all? We're good, man. Hey, you okay? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, I-, I got three things. <clears throat> I want to say, can and one of them is a complaint. Okay. I, I I don't know why we have to tolerate Jimmy Dodd. I am so freaking sick of him. I don't know what to do. Do we? I mean, is it somebody at ESPN says let's kill Alabama with Dodd? Put him on the game. I am fed up with him. He don't know crap. I don't. I don't. You're trying to get on Dad's good side this morning, uh, yeah. Tom. Well, I mean, I it's rare that I disagree with your dad because he is so. No, right. he doesn't. He's white. He he feels the same way you do about Jimmy Dykes. I can take him and leave yeah. him. Yeah. I, I I just don't get it. But anyway, I'm gonna move on. Uh, second thing, Barry is uh, is your game tonight? Yes. Okay. Is it at home? No, it's uh, at Paul Bryan at six o'clock. Okay. If I come from Alpha and I go up. Uh, I-20 into Tuscaloosa and then over toward uh, the Cottondale exit. Am I on the right? Yeah, route? take uh, exit, 77. exit 77. If you're coming from Tuscaloosa, make a right. School's right down there on your right, not even a mile. Okay, all right. And 79 so now, is the Coleen exit. 77 is the one right after Skyland, I believe. 
Not Skyland. Yeah, uh, I, not, yeah, Skyland. Yeah. Yeah, Skyland. But it's exit okay. 77. Exit 77. All right, I'll try to remember that. Uh, but, hey, if you're coming. Well, uh, I got GPS. GPS will get me right No, now. I'm what saying, I, but uh, I don't think it'll be a problem. Get on GoFan and get your ticket before you get there just to make yeah, sure you I, get one. I'll do that. I'll yeah. do that. Um, and then I wanted to ask this. If you win tonight, my understanding is the next game will be Saturday at your place. If I win tonight, uh, we would play Pelham. At home on Saturday at six. If I lose, I go to Helena on Saturday at six. Okay, all right. So uh, win is uh, the game is at night. The game's at six, regardless. Win it's at Northridge. Lose it's at Helena. Okay, all right. I'm hoping that you win. So uh, I, I wanted to go to uh, one of the playoff games if I could. Yeah. Uh, make two. If I can get over there tonight, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. And, and the third thing I wanted to bring up, if y'all don't mind, is, you know, um, I, I really like Coach Pearl. I, I hate to admit that on the radio, but I do like him. <laughs> he's a likable and, guy. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's a likable guy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like it's a lot of things I like about I like the way he coaches. I think he's an outstanding coach. I think that uh, he rose to the occasion against Bama uh, last night because I, I don't think I, I think he was feeling the heat of you know losing that many in a row to to Coach Oates. I, I like that, don't you? I really like that, and uh, so uh, and I like that about him. I, I like his uh, political stance too. Uh, I, I really think he's got a lot of courage to speak out like he does. And uh, I admire that about him. But, uh, Coach, I, I, I thought our kids were uh, intimidated last night. And and that crowd, oh, my God, what a home field advantage. <laughs> yes, it and, is. And, and, and Barry mentioned that we got out hustled. But when when that crowd gets behind their team, that team is going to – they're going to go above and beyond uh, their limits. Am I right or wrong? Well, psychologically, you play harder when the, when somebody's for you and pulling for you, and that's what that's what happened last night, Alabama. I don't know the crowd may have affected some of the turnovers, but uh, they they turn it over sometimes quite a bit. Uh, they uh, yeah, the crowd the crowd had had something to do with the games, no doubt about. It. Got to give Auburn a lot of credit defensively, but uh, you know the crowd is always there to. You know, to help that team that they love, and and they did that last night. Well, I, I agree. I, I just—it's amazing to me, and um, I just—I, uh, I, you know, they got it going on on their home floor. You just got to give them freaking credit. I agree with John Petty. John Petty said it uh, several years ago. He said it's the best home home court advantage in basketball in college basketball. Pretty good. Yep. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. All right, back up to the uh, Yellowwood hotline and get uh, Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Morning. I thought Auburn, um, Auburn's guards uh, delivered the ball to the inside guys, particularly Broom, in a pretty flawless manner last night. And then I thought Broom also executed his position flawlessly. I thought he was, you know, made some great shots. He made some big, he made some big outside shots. But he delivered some beautiful passes last night. He, he delivered one almost over the shoulder 
Uh, no, would pass to a guy that was even closer to the rim and, and got a dunk, I think, right there towards that, that on that flurry in the first half that, you know, in the last four minutes of the first half, the chop off decided the game for Auburn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, you, have to, you have to play. I don't want to get technical with you, but you. You have to play. You have to play Broom on the inside, uh, to on the baseline side, so he won't be able to go left. He goes left and lays it against the glass every cotton picking time you see him play. And uh, if, you, if you get on that side of him, he's not near as effective going to the right. If he gets some help in there, so he's improved a great deal, no doubt about it. And uh, they've got a, they've got a good inside game, and uh, Williams' kid played well. Played well too. So. They've got a good team. Everybody's got a pretty good team. It's uh, you know, you got to be careful about injuries and you know just your play, your guard play. Uh, Sears Sears point wise had a really good night. Uh, is but as far as really kind of taking over the game the way he generally does, he, he wasn't quite as good as he has been. That's true. That's true. Uh, Barry, what's what's Auburn's schedule the rest of the way? Because I think. Last night was uh, that was huge for them. I think that gives them the edge to um, to to win the title. Uh, they have Kentucky see. at home. They got to go to Florida Saturday, uh, which will be uh, difficult. They got South Carolina, Kentucky at home. Uh, they travel to Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi State at home. They go to Missouri, and they got Georgia at home. So I, they I'm got like, uh, they got two. The all games are tough, but uh, they, they've got mm-hmm. Tennessee. Uh, on the road, they've got Kentucky at home, which won't be won't you know won't be easy. You know, you, you think Auburn mm-hmm. has a chance to win, they probably do. But you know, they they're not going to. They've already lost four games in the league, and so they're not you know not going to be there. That they'll probably be you know third or fourth in the league. We'll see, man. There's a lot of ball left. We'll see. Yep. The key is can Alabama and Auburn win this weekend. Uh, those oh, that's that's yeah, going to be that, two tough games. Uh, that's right. That's kind of where I'm going. I just I hope Alabama can can regroup and rebound and and uh, and keep that pace up. Um, that's that's the thing that I'm kind of concerned about is their ability to withstand that loss last night and move forward. Yeah, uh, you know, people say, well, they have a hard time defending low posts. They do, but uh, but. Mississippi State has big guys in there as well. They just outscored uh, them. They just couldn't. But Auburn can score at home, and uh, you can't give up 99 and beat beat anybody, uh, to be honest with you. Thank you, Philip. Thank you all. All right. Uh, as they traveled, uh, uh, and it's an early game, uh, Dad, over in Baton Rouge, 11 a.m., um, you know, what do you do today? Practice an hour uh, tomorrow? Well, like I said, you, yeah. You, yeah, you, show them, you show them the inside stuff because LSU got a lot of shots inside. And um, I, Pringle, uh, if he's going to be with the team now, he needs to get himself ready mentally. And uh, the big, other big guy, Walt Flair's name is in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be ready to come in and, and rebound for him. you know, uh, Nelson's a good, a very good player. Maybe he hasn't played quite to the potential that that they thought. He's he's a good player, and uh, uh, but uh, I think you need more than him because of his body build yeah. inside. So there are other big guys who've not been playing a great deal. A kid from the kid from uh, North Carolina is a good player. He would prefer to play outside. Uh, he might be a little bit better off, 
you know, playing both inside and outside because of the inside weakness. Yeah, he uh, played well at home just last night, 20 minutes, did not get a field goal, uh, made three free throws, uh, did get uh, didn't get a rebound either, got one, I guess. So uh, not much of a factor, neither was Diabate. So the bench just didn't give him much last night. All right, Dad, let's tell him about a great new sponsor, uh, Bryant Bank. We look forward to maybe visiting with somebody from Bryant Bank tomorrow. Uh, but let's tell him uh, about those guys. Well, when you're looking for a bank, you're looking for a banker. And I think when you go into Bryant Bank, you go in and visit with those people. They know you by, the, by name after you've been there a couple of times, and they can do everything they can to really make banking an enjoyable experience for you. Uh, they've, got, uh, they've got a lot of flexibility with their bank. You, you can certainly uh, go in and bank online. Uh, it, it very, very easy. And um, they've got four locations in in uh, Tuscaloosa, and for those of you who are listing in um, in uh, Birmingham, uh, the location's also here, that I, I right down below on 280 is where our bank have been going there for a long time. You know, so many times, I like the, I like, but like the bank that people are local. And some people, some banks make you think they're local when they're really not, but as most of you know, uh, you can look at the zip code and tell that th- this bank is, is, is a real thing. Um, We've got a lot of fraud now in in banking. People targeting people. They do a great job of being keeping up with you on that kind of a situation there, where you'd be darn sure you don't lose anything. And uh, you can bank online, as I've mentioned. So Bryant Bank, they're good people. Paul Junior's been a friend of mine for years. I guess he started the bank some time ago. A lot of people involved in it now. Uh, so successful. And four banks in Tuscaloosa and several banks in Birmingham. Elite Recruiting, Tuscaloosa Tractor, and Houghton's Deer Processing. When you're shot at thousands of dollars in cash and prizes with the Big Old Buck Hunting Contest. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Years ago, you never rain decided that the best way to advertise great so Wood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Back to inside the locker room, Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. Appreciate Jimmy Rain and the great people over at Yellowwood. They do a great job of helping yeah. us. Uh, James Riley's a great guy. I uh, have to 
deal with him each and every month, and uh, he's always on top of everything for us, and we appreciate all the people at Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. All right, get right to the Yellowwood hotline. He is owner of the Big Spur com has got several different podcasts. One with Mike Morgan joins us every Thursday. J.C. Sherbert. Good morning, J.C. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Uh, nice day. About to get on a plane here in about six hours. Head to Las Vegas. Oh. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. The wife and I booked tickets to see you 2 in concert. I didn't even look at the date, right? Good. Lane, how, much realized, of the, how much of those hotel rooms Super Bowl weekend, JC? I actually, I, I got Treasure Island for about $200 a night. Okay. Uh, and see, I booked it. I had no idea. Look, I, this is how, how much I keep up with uh, things on the NFL level. I was like, I didn't. I had no idea the Super Bowl was even that weekend. And then I realized about two weeks ago that it was actually in Las Vegas. <laughs> so you're no going idea. out to a YouTube concert, you said? Yeah, U2 concert. They're playing at that thing called the Sphere. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be real cool. And then, um, and then, heck, we're, we we extended our trip. We're just gonna we're just gonna hang out Super Bowl Sunday. I I don't think I yeah. can afford the seven thousand dollar ticket, but um, I'm gonna go and uh, just kind of take in the whole atmosphere. I've never been to a Super Bowl, and uh, this may be as close as I get. So uh, heck, why not? You know. There you go. Well, you don't you need you don't need to leave it eight and two South Carolina basketball team. Need to stay there. Oh, I'll be standing at attention in the Bellagio Sportsbook at about 10 a.m. to watch him play Bandy. Yeah, put your little money on that on the Bellagio. Go over down to the uh, uh, the Bellagio's nice, or go to the Venetian. They got a new little deal down there, too. So you'll enjoy that. Oh, yeah. That'll be yeah, fun. Right. It'll be a fun yeah, Saturday. They, they, yeah, uh, I, I, I used to go to Vegas twice, three times a year. I haven't been in 10 years. So look forward to getting out there. Yeah. Eight, out of ten, eight out of 10 wins. Um, uh, ten games with eight wins, and the, the the last part of the schedule I've studied it, it's it's winnable in some cases, but they're they're an NCAA team in basketball, and I wanted to mention that because Barry coached there, and my son played there, and um, so uh, we'll see what happens. He's probably going to be the coach of the year. How the how the cr- crowds home crowds there, JC? I remember one year we started out seventeen and one. The crowds were great. Uh, the South Carolina fan man, when they're in there, it is extremely loud. They can create a great home court advantage. Are they drawing big for 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 men's basketball now? It, it's taken a while. You know, it's different from when y'all were there when the arena was new and you know uh, the people the Fogler era still lingering. See, y'all won enough to where. I mean, you're in the hunt every year, right? Yeah. Uh, the Horn era and then the first two years of Frank and then after the Final Four not capitalizing, that that kind of uh, – there's a whole generation of Gamecock fans that are like one for 20 on the NCAA tournament, you know. Um, and, but they, they finally got them in. The Kentucky game, they did a special like blackout, great crowds for Missouri, and then um, – the the game uh, Tuesday night was a whiteout. It's as loud as I've heard it. I mean, that's that's uh, uh, when Colin Murray Bulls made that block. You can listen to the raw video and the place is shaking. So it is a good arena for basketball when you get people in there. When I had the NCAA tournament in Columbia a few years back, and Virginia brought a big crowd, and you know they, they were kind of the lower bowl was full. A lot of the national writers said this is a great arena. I mean, what what was going on? So. That's been a positive, um, you know. This team uh, at eight and two. It's uh, I think sometimes guys, when you're in a league and 
it depends in any sport, and, and it depends. And you solely are if you're doing a style of play that's solely dependent on you out recruiting the other teams, you're not going to win <laughs> if you're down the pecking order, uh, unless you just get some connected guy in there that can get players. I like the fact he's going kind of a. This is not your typical SEC basketball style, uh, and it has been very difficult for their opponents to play against. They limit possessions. They're timely with their shots. They play great defense. It's um, it's kind of like a Virginia or Wisconsin. So, and I think if you're South Carolina basketball going in that direction, that was pretty smart because otherwise you're kind of fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, I um, uh, don't understand this. So that's what you're on the show for. Um, Coastal Carolina, South Carolina, and Clemson have gone to the uh, state legislature. Uh, mm-hmm. to get something done about the NIL. Can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, well, it, it's that state law thing. I think, um, you know, and, and of course they're all different in all these states. What happened in South Carolina was they passed a law, I mean, because, look, if it's South Carolina wanting something and not Clemson, or, or sometimes vice versa, it gets tricky over the state house. But when both of them want it, I mean, you'd be a fool as a politician yeah. to vote against right. it. Um, and so... Uh, so South Carolina passed a law, and it was way too restrictive. And so what they did was they they, they took the law and they said we're going to suspend this law. So there was no law. Okay. Um, and so it reverted to the NCAA uh, because that's kind of that's kind of what the policy is. Well, what what this law is going to do is allow uh, both schools to become much more involved on the NIL end of things. It's similar to the Missouri law. Um, I don't know if it goes quite as far because in Missouri they're like you can give NIL deals to high school players. I'm not sure that was an ask, but it, but it, it kind of takes the wall down between the collectives and the university and the deals and the businesses. It, it just kind of makes things a lot easier to communicate on and to have a unified front. So I think it's a good positive uh, step in the right direction for the state of South Carolina. Um, th- there's nothing that I think gives those teams an advantage. Uh, it just kind of brings them up to a level playing mm-hmm. field with some of these other states like Tennessee and Missouri and Oklahoma yep. that have, and Texas that have, you know, gone out there and, and, and tried to really push the envelope. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Big Ten and the SEC maybe getting together? I guess they are going to get together. I think they know uh, college sports is in disarray and they got enough uh, people there maybe to try to get this thing back in order. I don't know what they're going to come up with. Uh, just what, what can we expect out of these guys meeting? Uh, I think Greg Sankey, uh, people say, yeah, he's pro SEC, but I think he's also for the good of the game. What, what can come out of this, JC? Yeah, and I think Tony Petiti, they're, they're new, as opposed to like Jim Delaney, who always saw the SEC as this existential threat. And he was highly competitive with the league, although they got along. I think Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey really just. Uh, Kevin Warren's a moron, and Greg Sankey's a smart person when it comes to college sports. And yeah. So that's, I mean, Kevin Warren tried to unilaterally cancel the season while at the same time stabbing the Pac-10 in the throat. I mean, he, he just and that's with the Bears, and I see the incompetence on a daily basis. But but Fatini, their new commissioner, uh, he has, a, you know, of course they're going to look out for the Big Ten, and Fox is going to look out for them, and sure. On the other side, you got a stakeholder in ESPN that certainly is still a big player, and and the SEC. So this could be step one, guys, toward the, the super alliance. Um, 
especially with college football. I, I think that uh, I, I think you know Chip Kelly's idea he had a while back is probably the direction they need to kind of go long term. Uh, and with these two super conferences putting their egos aside and getting together and taking a joint position of leadership, that makes that more realistic because they're not sitting there going, "Oh, Big Ten's gobbling these." You know, they're not playing that game, um, uh, war, the war game or whatever. When you when you gobbled up territories and nations and stuff, risk I think was what it was. And uh, you know, they're they're working together for the good of the game and. Uh, I think I think some, I think something will come out of it. Will it be ultimately positive? Uh, I don't know. But um, as far as football goes, I sure would like if, if getting to a super governing body in conference, breaking the sport off from other sports, yeah. privatize it, whatever you want to do with it. If it gets us back to like things that make sense week to week, uh, you know, roster stability. Uh, coaching stability, regional play, you know, it's a, it's college football is still a regional sport, man. Um, I, I'm all for it, but I don't know, you know, they, something like this could take a million different directions and you never know. But, yeah, uh, I, I think, think you're it's right. Good... Uh, you know, I think football should be its own deal. Basketball, you want to keep the NCAA tournament. You want to keep the smaller teams with the ability to get into the tournament. I think Rick Pitino has some pretty good ideas. He says, Hey, <laughs> You know, get these power fives together in their conference as well. I think they're in the Big East. Um, and yeah. and uh, come up with a number, $1.52 million. Uh, have a two-year contract with these players and, and set what you pay them. Uh, and, and each conference can kind of do whatever they want, however much they can afford. If you're a really great player and you can get to the power five, you're going to make more than the guy that gets to the Sun Belt. And that's just life. Will that work, J.C.? Mm-hmm. So uh, the the problem you're going to have with that is, okay, so let's say you do it. It's not so much the Sun Belt and and the American and schools like that. Um, It's going to be kind of like the Big 12 and ACC going, wait a minute. We don't quite have as much as these other two, and we're supposed to be power or whatever. You know, that's the problem you run into. But I I don't think anybody cares about those two leagues right now. I think (laughs) – I think they'll just be like so, you know. And I agree with Patino. And, and, and the one thing I do worry about, and, and this is this is specific to Greg Sankey, because he's dropped some hints about this. And, and I don't disagree with him about much, but I I strongly disagree with him about this. Any sort of like situation where you take the mid majors and low majors out of March Madness, no, it's not going to be March Madness. Nobody wants to see a fourteen and sixteen Vandy. Mm-mm. You know, it, as a 16 seed, you know, nobody wants to see that. You know, it's, uh, uh, now, now, what will probably end up happening is they'll probably expand the tournament by by a round, have a bunch of play-in games. Uh, so, so some of those teams can get in. And I like what they did with the NIT because I thought that was getting ridiculous and was basically a mid-major invitation. Um, so I like that they're going to get the power schools back involved with that. But uh, you, can't, you can't mess with a great thing like March Madness. I mean, it appeals to so many people that aren't even basketball fans. Uh, and, it, 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 and the NCAA has done a great job with that tournament. So uh, I, think, I think that's one thing nobody's talking about that probably they should. Uh, you got to protect that and not just have a complete break off uh, with the bigger schools and smaller schools. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else in particular. Uh, 
been a lot. There's been a lot of talk about uh, the 12 team playoff. I, I, did, I did will say this. Uh, listening to Greg Stanky last night, Stanky, uh, whatever how we call it. What like it. Uh, anyway, uh, he uh, said they were just going to come up with some ideas to present to the NCAA. They weren't trying to get rid of the NCAA. And, yes. uh, I think that was an important statement there. I, I happened to turn the turn the thing on. He was talking, and I, I thought that was, you know, I thought that was a, you know, he's not trying to do stuff. They're trying to just give them some suggestions as to how to handle this. I don't know what those suggestions might be, but that was sort of what he said. I, I like that fine. I mean, like I said, the NCAA, uh, while it's in, in rules enforcement wise. And those types of things that are not positive that, that, that they try to do, uh, I think those days are over, you know, as far as doing anything like that. But as far as administrating all the Division One programs, the smaller schools, uh, taking care of, of non-revenue sports, College World Series, Final Four, things like that, they're really good at events. Like, like they're basically, that's what they do well, <laughs> event planning and uh, things like that, because you, you uh, with the exception of that women's basketball situation during the pandemic, you never heard anything about them like negatively. Um, I mean, as far, unless it's like teams that don't get in. But uh, so I think, um, you know, I, I think I think I think that's smart because you do have other sports to worry about, and the NCAA does a good job with those. Uh, another revenue sport, you know, in basketball, and uh, I think they need each other in that sport. But football. I think we're heading off. And football, really, guys, Title Nine wise football should have always been a separate thing. It's what drives me crazy about Title Nine. It's, again, no common sense. Nobody used the common sense and said there's no equivalent female sport, number one, uh, that uses 85 scholarships. So it can't be equal. You know, number two, <laughs> football pays all the bills, or most of them. Okay. So essentially, football is a gigantic athletics fundraiser. So, so what do you do? Do you do you just reclassify it and say these guys are not necessarily student athletes? Uh, they get a scholarship. They're like fundraisers, and we're going to pay them. You know, they're employees because they help us raise funds. And you kind of reclassify it that way, and it just becomes what it is: it's big business. And then they support the other sports still, but it's uh, two different governing bodies. You know, maybe that's something that, that's a good thought. Uh, simply because, you know, when you when you start paying guys, if you don't break it off, there will be some Title IX issues. I mean, I guarantee there's some people out there right now trying to sue over NIL, and that's the most preposterous asinine thing I've ever heard because NIL is based on your individual value. <laughs> yeah. So how is that supposed to be equal? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. So that's, um, uh, those are, that's my thought on it is uh, if you could somehow break football off while still – the universities enjoy the, the beneficial relationships and it funds everything else and you avoid title nine. I mean, I think that would be best the win-win for all of college athletics. What are your thoughts about, uh, and we knew this was coming, uh, Nick Saban going to game day. Uh, he's a great communicator. Uh, I love to listen to him talk. Uh, he, he, can make you see things maybe in a different way. And he, he clears everything up. I think he'll be a huge shot in the arm, uh, for game day uh, there. And I think it'll bring people back. I think Dad stopped watching it. He probably will go back and watch it with Nick Saban on there. That's a big get for, for ESPN, isn't it, JC? Oh, I think it's huge for, like, what, what I call the cast mix because, you know, they, they kind of – if you watch the Fox pregame, guys, 
I mean, you got Urban Meyer sitting there, Bob Stoops stops by half the time, and you got some credible folks on that show. And it's more X's and O's and nuts and bolts than game day. And game day brought McAfee in to kind of entertain everybody. And you know, as Corso has gotten older and being more limited, you don't have that coach, that old coach that sits there and, and, and talks about things. And there can't, there's not a better person than Nick Saban. I mean, he's a, he's the goat. I mean, and so, you know, I think if you're trying to counter program against Urban Meyer, then, uh, the statement's about as, it's a, as great as you can get, you know, outside of bringing Steve Spurrier, the head ball coach out there, to talk about things and entertain everybody. But but Saban's on a different level. I And I expect him to attack this like every other job. You know, I think he'll be totally prepared. He'll drop things on us on game days that we didn't think about. Um, he'll be very familiar with the personnel. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch him covering SEC media days. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Go. I think. Uh, well, it's part of his contract. Yeah, that, part of his NFL, contract in the NFL draft, right? He's he will, he will go to he will go to SEC Media Day. Yeah, he's gonna have a microphone. I think he'll be up there with Paul. <laughs> I don't Tomba. think I don't more think he's going to SEC Media Day than Fly Guy. It's part of his contract. I don't I don't think he's going. Okay. Well, okay. Hey, it's just, it's just, uh, I mean, he's not going to be like up there with a camera, with a, with a, with a microphone in his hand, but I think it's in, it's in Dallas this year. See, it, I guess I was going to say he just has to drive to Birmingham, but I think it's in Dallas. Yeah. You know, and that, uh, gets him away from Tuscaloosa on game day, which I'm sure that'd be hard for him to be around here. Uh, he'll be somewhere and you won't have to hang around. And, uh, I think it's great for, uh, yeah, I, yeah, he's not going to have a camera. I found out the real story. I won't tell him. I found out the exact story of why he didn't go to the University of Texas. Ah, there, yeah, there's a lot of talk about all that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not now. I'm talking about back when when they approached him. I thought I was dead wrong. I was thinking that there wasn't that much to it. There was a whole lot to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm you're pretty sure after, after my... He was close to going, you're saying? Uh, I, yeah, it was after my class. He was going. He was going. Almost. Almost. Yeah, they tried to sell him on what being uh, uh, only coach to win it at three schools. Well, he didn't go because of Mac Brown. Mm. Did Mac ask him not to go? No. Out of respect? Didn't he, he, or didn't he, like him? Liked him. Liked him? Didn't yeah. want to interfere. Didn't want to interfere with him. So uh, after he that's passed. What, yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, anything with, uh, I think, Alabama, they stopped the bleeding. Uh, a lot of those guys went to Ohio State because Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's getting ready to leave, isn't he, J.C.? He ain't going to be there. Uh, Julian C. Oh, yeah. and all them went over there for him. He's about, ready, he's about ready to go to Boston College, isn't he? I don't know. You know, I think that's an interesting job for him. Um, Boston College uh, you know, kind of the kind of a tough situation because they, the, the, recruiting wise, there's not many players up in their footprint, right? So you got to go all over the place and get guys outside of the Northeast. And then that guy at Syracuse, Fran Brown, um, you know, if he starts losing and doesn't do well, obviously he'll get fired and they won't do much. But right for, until they start doing that, he's going to get an outsized share of players from that area, especially New Jersey. So Boston College is kind of getting boxed in and recruiting at this point. So, you know, I don't know. Bill O'Brien's what he did at Penn State. I, I've always been impressed. Um, Boston's kind of a home for him. So who knows? Who knows what'll happen? But uh, that that 
last I read, you know, the, the signs were pointing in that direction. So, uh, but, but look, man, I, I don't, I don't know that it's been, but Bill O'Brien, uh, so much as, uh, a lot of money that Ohio state's been spending because they have, uh, yeah, yeah I talk about cage animal syndrome. Sometimes they, we, we don't think about how much they hate Michigan and they're pissed off or mad, you know, and uh, they're like, oh, we're not dealing. We're, we're going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And so, you, and they've, they've had a we're going to do whatever it takes type of all season. That that should be scary for the the new uh, however many daggum teams are in the Big Ten now. Yep. All right, JC, tell everyone then get all your great stuff. All right, so we had the great Barrett Salee on um, the JC and Morgan podcast this week. You can get it by downloading the Chief Sports app which also features a lot of other podcasts from other teams, uh, uh, some entertainment podcasts, some travel tips. Uh, it's kind of, and it keeps growing. So it's free. It's always going to be free. But download it on iOS or on Google Play. Uh, it's right there on your phone. You can listen to it, pause it, rewind it. Uh, very convenient, unlike YouTube, where they make you keep your app open and all that. It's, uh, it's a really good experience. So Chief Sports app on uh, the iTunes store or on Google Play. Enjoy Vegas. Thank hey, you. thanks, fellas. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Okay, so thank there, you. JC headed to Las Vegas. All right, we'll take this break. Open up the phone lines, 205-342-9904. And Seth retweeted our tweet, so he knows he's on today. So I look forward to uh, having Seth Greenberg at 815. Uh, Seth uh, is the voice of college basketball on ESPN. You listen to Tide 100.9 to see home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have picked up a stalled vehicle eastbound 2059 near the Buttermilk Road exit in Cottondale. We're not seeing a whole lot of backup there, but just be aware of that. Meantime, if you're making the drive on McFarland Boulevard, you're still in good shape. Just minimal backups. In the running to win this Friday, $1,000. Just download the BetU app right now in the App Store and sign up for an account for your shot at winning. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today, the high 63. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild. The chance of showers by afternoon, the high 69. Saturday, cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a thunderstorm, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best place for your high school football coverage is right here on Tide 100.9 and online on Tide100.9.com. We want to thank Yellowwood, pressure treated pine for great from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Going to build a five-star backyard as weather's starting to uh, get a little bit warmer, so you can enjoy the backyard. You want to build a little yellowwood, go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. Take this top-of-the-hour break. Phone lines will be open, 205-342-9904. Look forward to visiting with Seth Greenberg here at 815. Let's tide 100.9, a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama sports. Season's updated COVID-19 shot designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn about a vaccine option and book your COVID-19 shot on ScheduleCovidVax.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
from the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. Checking the night in the NBA. Celtics win again, beating the Hawks 125 to 117. Boston now a league best 39 and 12 overall and 24 and 3 at home. Pelicans go into LA, knock off the Clippers 117 to 106. LA is now a half game back of Minnesota, Denver, and Oklahoma City in the race for the top record of the West. Cavaliers over the Wizards in DC 114 to 106. Cleveland's won 15 of 16 and 7 in a row. Warriors over the 76ers in Philadelphia 127 to 104. Philadelphia now 4 and 12 this season without injured star and reigning league MVP Joel Embiid. Heat over the Spurs 116-104. Pistons surprised the Kings in Sacramento 133-120. Raptors outscore the Hornets 123-117. Top 25 college basketball number 12 Auburn beat number 16 Alabama 99-81. 11th ranked Wisconsin loses at Michigan 72-68. Number 19 Creighton falls at Providence in overtime 91-87. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. Andrew Knifer, Allstate Insurance. He helps kick off this 8 o'clock hour. Andrew's my agent. Let him become yours. Looking for home life auto. You don't really know what you got, uh, what you need. Maybe you have too much. Let him look at your current policies and all. Let him run the numbers for you. He and his staff do an absolutely outstanding job, and they can do it for you. They do it for me. 205 722 Zero one Andrew Knifer Allstate Insurance. All right, uh, then I was was reading an interview about John Rom. Sounds like to me he kind of regrets uh, going to LIV. There's not much he can do about it. He said how much he missed Tory Pines. That was where that was where his uh, not Tory Pines, but what the deal they just played at Pebble Beach. Um, that was his first win, I believe, and uh, he's hoping that he can come back eventually and play some uh, events on the PGA Tour. But I don't think these guys that are on the tour are going to welcome these guys back. Uh, they felt like they go and let them, let them stay away. Um, just your thoughts. I don't know if you heard what Rom said, but it sounds like to me he he then said, hey, I'm happy with my decision, but doesn't sound like he really is. Uh, your thoughts about what Rom said? Well, we go, you go for money, and money is the, you know, the thought of all of that. And then you get there, and you're not recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you turn on the television, the PGA is on, which unless you really hunt it, you can't find the LIV. So I think you end up, I think you end up being uh, not around some of the people that you have been around for years when you try to be good, try, try to learn to play, or not learn to play, but be a good player. I just think it's, uh, uh, you know, you, you just... Uh, just not known, you know. Those guys like to be known, recognized, uh, bragged on, those kinds of things. I think he misses that part of it. Um, you can only spend so much money. Uh, uh, Dustin Johnson, nobody ever hears of him anymore. Mm-hmm. The only thing they ever hear about Dustin Johnson is a good-looking wife. That's all. She parades around, and they just don't. Uh, they lose, and we're we're here and. In the U.S. and and we just cling to what if you're golf, uh, you have interest in golf. We just cling to 
the people here that we've known and watched play and what they're going to do at Augusta and those kind of things, and it's not there anymore. Uh, you never hear of Justin Johnson. Yeah, he's got a yacht and all that kind of crap. But it, it, I, you never I hear don't about Kepka anymore. You know, we did no, during the don't. Ryder Cup. Uh, even DeChambeau, who was a pretty big name, no. just don't hear from him. All right, so the waste management it's going on. It's eight million dollars. Where last week it was twenty million. Those uh, signature events. Justin Thomas is playing. Uh, this I'm sure he was disappointed he didn't get to finish because uh, he was right there uh, to win uh, last week. And Nick Dunlap is not. Uh, what what is the thinking there? Just everything happened so fast. They just need to kind of get everything in order. Uh, why do you think Nick's not playing? Because he could play in this event this week. Yeah, I think uh, I think he kind of needs to get back to basics a little bit. He goes out there all excited about playing, and it's a very difficult golf course as well as the weather. And you know, he finishes not finishes very poorly. I just think he needs to go back and sort of get his game to where you don't need to. He really doesn't need to go back to back with bad, with bad play if he can keep from it. Now he has, you know, a golf's an up and down game, and and he, he won big, and everybody's real proud of him. Nobody's mad at him. I mean, not mad at him, but nobody, everybody understands how hard it is out there. I think probably coming back and sort of fine tuning and, and resting and get it where he's looking forward to something rather than jumping in there. I think it was a smart move not to play. Yeah, I think time. just kind of refresh, decide yeah. what he wants to do about his caddy, get yeah. all that because I think everything was just such a such a rush to uh, decide yeah. whether he was going to, well, no, there was really no decision, but have his, uh, he wanted to handle it properly. He wanted to come be around his teammates. He wanted to handle it properly with Jay Sewell. And he did. They did all that. And then they rushed out there and have to play and play in bad weather. So he will play probably in the Genesis. Also, Tiger announced that he'll be out there. That's next uh, week at Riviera Country Club in Pacific Palisades. Yeah. So that, that, that should be a fun yeah. time. Hopefully he'll play there. Well, Nick made thirty two thousand. He spent thirty two thousand going out there. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you more than that. There's caddies and and flight flights out there and all that kind of stuff. Girlfriend probably thirty two thousand went down the drain. Uh, so you know he he like you said he'll 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 be he'll be ready to play. I think again and and hopefully he'll do well. I don't know. It's hard it's hard to tell, but. Uh, you have that opportunity, and you win the way he won in California with that kind of opportunity to make a lot of money on a lot of different things besides the purse itself, on your clubs, on your clothing, um, pro- probably some on your travel. Um, you you need to do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to Bama football. Uh, Ryan Grubb was speaking last night at the Elephant Club, and uh, just said that he uh, was going to be at Alabama. There was a lot of speculation that uh, he may go to Seattle. I think that's good for Coach DeBoer. Just he doesn't have to go try to hire another offensive coordinator or promote somebody within. It's somebody he's comfortable with that he can uh, just let run his offense and not have to micromanage there. So I think for Alabama uh, and how long they can keep him, who knows. If they do really well, he probably will. Be on, but I think probably for his first year, Ryan Grubb staying is a good is thing. Is he? Yes. You think? Yeah. Okay. He announced last night that he was. Okay. Uh, well, to, I, to I Red didn't see that announcement. So, yeah. so talk about the stability of that. Uh, well, I think it's good. You know, you're coming in, 
you 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 got a quarterback coming that you like uh, that's coming from Washington, although you lost one that you didn't get to really work with. Um, it, for, for whatever reason, it's kind of stupid. It it, it bothers me to see the Saban kid go to Ohio State. I I, I just he he practiced, and I know I'm changing the subject with you a little bit, but. He practiced all that time with, with Alabama. He goes to the bowl with them, practices. He's there for the dress. I, I, to me, it's just all of a sudden you look up and and uh, uh, Tommy too. Um, my question to you is: Did did Nick tell Tommy and them uh, prior to telling the teams that he was leaving? I don't think he did. I, I think uh, Coach had a way he wanted to go out. Uh, I, don't, I think he really went to Florida that weekend to to make the final decision. I think they did. I think he felt like if he told anybody, it, it would leak out. He did not. He's old school in a lot of ways. I don't think he wanted his players hearing it from somebody else. I don't think he wanted anybody reading it uh, on social media and you know how everybody, and so that's why he kept recruiting and kept doing what he was doing. Okay. Um, I don't, uh, Justin, so did he, did he tell Tommy when he hired him, uh, did Tommy ask him, mm-mm. you don't know the answer, but we're just talking about it. Did Tommy ask him how long he thought he would coach? <laughs> no, but I think, I think coaches, uh, he loses assistance every year. I think he's found it harder and harder to hire guys because, He's gone through so many guys, and he probably is a little bit difficult to work for, but people can get through that. But not knowing how long, you know, he, he's not gonna, nobody's going to leave a good job and come here and, and know if Coach is going to pack it in. So I think it was hurting, starting to hurt him maybe in recruiting. People are using it against him, his age, although he, he's a young, whatever he is, 71 or 72. I don't know. Uh, Justin, what do you think there? You think uh, – I, when he told the team, I think that's when everybody found out, to be quite honest with you. I, I agree, and I think I don't think it was Tommy Reese, coach, that was asking how long he's going to be around. I mean, he came out and said that this was a common occurrence with recruits where they would ask him, well, are you going to be here for the next three or four years while I'm at your school at the university? And he's like, I can't. Are you going to be here with the transfer portal and everything? Like I mean, that? if you're Kirby Smart and LSU and all that, aren't you using that in recruiting, Dad? You can go there, with Nick, but he ain't going to be there for one more year. Uh, oh, sure you are. Yeah. So then they asked. I him. just, yeah, I just didn't know if Tommy would. Tommy, I would imagine was. I know a couple of other people that were interviewed for that job, and he liked Tommy. And I think Tommy did a good job. Nobody else does, but I always do. Um, it's. Um, I don't know. Tommy's going. Tommy's, my Tommy, is, he's going. He's going to Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So my point is, though, so I don't know what he was making here, close to two million. If the Browns are only paying him, I say only uh, seven fifty a million, does he get the extra million because he had a contract? Uh, I'm sure it deducts off whatever he's making with the Cleveland Browns. But does he? Did he have a two or three year contract here? I was do pretty sure. Think, he, do you think that's a like clause written into the assistance? Oh, yeah. If a coach retires, yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't know. If the coach retires, your contract's voided. Dad, do you think? I don't. I don't know. I think. I think that. it's. Uh, there's. There's more to being an athletic director than you think. I mean, it's a. It's a. It, you know, you got those assistant coaches. Some wives are saying, "We're having." You think we're going to be able to stay? 
you know that that kind of stuff and and uh whew. so uh, to me the people back home that it's not the ones in washington so much they could to some degree it's them too but you, you know, are we staying are we going to be able to stay we got three kids here and to me it's it's a lot more complicated than people think it is i think uh, yeah all right we'll take the break here where we'll get to uh Seth Green, we got a couple calls coming in as well. Um, Tuscaloosa Toyota, go to TuscaloosaToyota.com and look at the Grand Highlander, all the 2024s, the RAVs, the great trucks they got out there. Also, they uh, if you're looking to trade your vehicle in, you could take it by or just go on the website and they'll give you a top dollar for your vehicle. You could do everything on the website. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com or swing by Skyland Boulevard, see David, uh, Justin, they'll take great care of you. You're just a tied 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tied 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We do have what appears to be a minor accident in Cottondale. This is eastbound 2059 near the Buttermilk Road exit. Vehicles are out of the road, no lanes blocked, and we are noting any backup there. One area where we are seeing some slowing, though, is if you're traveling along the southbound side of Lurling Wallace, you're going to break from about the uh, 5th Street. It's away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Birmingham Racecourse Casino off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours road. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today, the high 63. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild. A chance of showers by afternoon, the high 69. Saturday, cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a thunderstorm, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Get right up to the Yellowwood Hotline. Obviously, he's the former head coach of Virginia Tech. It was at South Florida, Long Beach State. Uh, the voice of college basketball now on ESPN. He is that. A good friend of ours, Coach Seth Greenberg. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Hey, Seth. What's going on? What's going on, Coach? I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking time to be on. It's my nice of you. You do such a great job. I, I need somebody on here that I, I think does a great job because there's a goober or two that whatever. Um, <laughs> um, we've got seven before we ask about teams I don't know that I will but we've got seven teams in the SEC with losing or tied records uh, um, we got, we, uh, seven of the 14 I don't, am I wrong uh, am I negative by saying when people say they're going to be eight or nine teams in the NCAA tournament from the SEC, it's that good. Am I am I mistaken about that? No, I think they're going to be. I think there'll be eight or nine teams in the in, from the SEC in, in 
the NCAA tournament. Uh, you do. Okay. I think that, I think the depth of the league. There's not really any really flat out. You know, Vanderbilt's a rocking chair game. All the rest of them. If you don't play well, you're not going to win. A lot of guys did a good job taking care of business in a non-conference. Now some didn't play the toughest schedules, but there's enough quad one wins out there that you know their teams are going to okay. have four, five, six quad one wins. Uh, I think they'll, you know, I, I actually think that the league is uh, the depth of the league as uh, is what makes it really, really good. I think you know there are certain teams that are have gotten better. You know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State are they're better. Are, not, are they Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee? No, they're not. But if you look around the country, Coach, uh, it's that way in a lot of conferences. Look, the Pac-12 is going to get three. You know, the ACC will get five. Uh, you know, so you got to fill out the field. And I think the Big 12 and the SEC are going to help the field get filled out. Big 10 will do what, Seth? Yeah, you know what? The Big 10 is an enigma to me. Like Michigan State yeah. probably on the outside looking in right now. The league is just not very good. Uh, Wisconsin just lost three in a row. And, but, I mean, they're an NCAA tournament team. But uh, if you look at the league, you know, it's Purdue. And, you know, then rest it's up. probably three or four. Yeah, the rest of them, they'll probably end up getting five. I mean, you know, when it when all said and done. But, I mean, there are some teams in that league that have underachieved. Indiana's underachieved, uh, you know, significantly. Michigan has struggled mightily, uh, even though they had a good win the other day. But, uh, you know, Michigan State struggled. They played this brutal non-conference schedule, so that makes it a little bit different. But... I just look at it that you got to fill out the field, but the SEC and the Big 12 have separated themselves. And, I, you know, the Big 12 did it a different way. Big 12's non-conference schedule is a joke. They have, yeah. they, they have everyone but two of their teams, uh, except for Baylor and, and Kansas. Those schedules are, like, comical. I mean, it's between 150 and I think there's eight of them that are in the 300s in the, in the, the net strength of schedule. And they still get in. Well, they'll get in because what happened is, well, here, here's what here's what happened, Barry. They'll get in because what the net takes into consideration is deficiencies. Yeah. So, like coming into conference play, even though they they played this god awful non conference schedule, a lot of these teams they absolutely you know kick the snot out of them. And when you know, so then also the offense, defense efficiency, field goal percentage, defensive field goal percentage, all those things are at such a high level yeah. that you know they come into the league and they they they're all set as quad one wins for throughout the league or quad two wins. And it's just, well, we've got, we've got a team here in, in this state. Samford is, is really good. Uh, yeah. They are. Yeah, they are. Really good. Good. They're very good. Yeah. Uh, we talked talk with Seth Greenberg. Uh, Seth, this reminds me of the eighties. Uh, you know, it's a football state. We all understand that, but uh, Alabama and Auburn uh, since 2000, I think 17, 18 have won seven, uh, SEC championships, either the regular season or the tournament, uh, had a, a great atmosphere last night uh, down on the plains. Uh, the atmosphere here about ten days ago was unbelievable. Just talk about what Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates have done for college basketball in the state of Alabama. Well, they brought back what your old man did. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, this is this is this is sunny, sunny and wimp. You know, addition two is what it is. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, back in the day, I mean that 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 game meant something i mean it was you know it was it was it was absolutely an event so look both did a great job i mean both are really terrific coaches do it differently uh i knew coming into that game bruce was going to pound that thing and, and attack 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 play downhill take advantage of his size and strength but what both of those guys have done is nate's done it more with his style of play you know 
I think that Bruce has done it with his style of play and being like Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. I mean, like, you know, the guy is, you know, a three ring circus. I mean, he's, he's so accessible and he's, he's, he, you know, even you might not like him, but he's, he's entertaining. Uh, the, his kids play hard. They're so well coached. They're so well prepared. I've never seen a team more prepared for special situations. I want to watch Bruce's team practice in October. Yeah. And they were working on underneath side out of bounds defense in the middle of practice, not like the last thing of practice. And they literally, they were meticulous and they named a lot of their, their coverages out of the teams that run certain plays. Like he's just, he, Bruce Pearl is a heck of a coach. He is. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, the state of college basketball, I'm a high school coach. Uh, nobody comes and watches high school kids anymore. And I, I don't, uh, you know, I understand uh, everybody's going portal. Uh, but at some point, these kids got to have somewhere to go. Uh, what, what can we do uh, with this portal? I don't know if you're going to get that genie back in the bottles. Any way to start getting these high school kids looked at and your thoughts about is AAU really good for basketball here in the United States? Yeah, well, it's AU now and it's workout gurus. Yeah. Like being a good play, being understanding how to play as a team, you know, being a winning player. You know, we've got a problem, and you guys can understand it. Is you know, think about a, a young player today, and I'll get into the portal real quickly. But you think a young player today, he's got goes to college, he's got a, a workout guy, he's got his grassroots coach, he's got his parents thinking that he's a pro that's trying to monetize him with NIL. Mm-hmm. He's got NIL in the collective. All right, he's got to do social media. We hope school fits in there somewhere, although right now I'm not sure if it's in anywhere. And that's the saddest thing that we've lost track. We've lost, we've lost our way. We have no understanding. No, no one talks about education. No one talks about what major you're going to major in. You know, one talks about where you're going to be 40 years from now because every parent thinks that their son's going to be a pro and they just try to monetize their son and our daughter or whomever. And it's really bad. And you know, where, where does winning fit in all that thing? Like you know, I, I just mentioned seven things, and no, no one even where, where does winning fit in? Where does being a winning player? Where does embracing a role? Where does playing hard? I just the Syracuse game last night, and they've got a really they've got some talented guys, but they don't understand, and they won the game, but they don't understand really the things you need to do, the tough things consistently you need to do to win. So now that I got that off my chest, uh, I, I think I think if I'm a mid major coach, I I do not touch a guy in the portal. But I do. There's so many guys that are that are out there. Yeah. Yep. You know, here's the deal. Evaluate up. You know, treat your treat a mid-major job like a junior college. And that's what I would do. I would treat it like a junior college. I would treat it like a junior college. I'd recruit guys, and I'd say, you know, at the end of these two years, you're going to be such a good player, you might be able to go anywhere in the country. But you know what? I want to stay here because you've got so much better. Yeah. I but agree. I agree. I think it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Guys who live and die in the portal, think about how few freshmen, this year are impacting high major college basketball. Take Duke and Carolina, uh, Duke and Kentucky out of the equation. What the Holloway kid at, at Auburn? He's got a little bit of an impact on what's going on. I mean, the two kids at Alabama hardly even play now. You know, the one kid can shoot really. You know, Stevenson and Walters they they could shoot it, but they're not. You know, they're spot players, and they, you know they're going to be good players if they stick it out. Uh, you go around the country, and there are so few freshmen. Uh, UConn's got the kid Stephen Castle, who's going to be a really good player. He got a donut the other night. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's you know, I, I it is it is ridiculous to me that if I was a mid-major coach, I tell my assistants we're going to go and evaluate. 
We're going to develop players. We're going to try to develop a culture. We're going to try to develop relationships and and build our build our program. You know, with with young players. And I do not understand for the life of me because excluding the top ten guys, like like I just don't understand like the infatuation with the portal. Because let's face it, it's not just the portal; it's the portal plus NIL. Yeah. It's a fin- the financial commitment is ridiculous. Let me ask you guys a question because you guys live this more than I do. I'm just I just talk basketball. You guys got to talk everything, but you are. How can how can it be that the quarterback for the Super Bowl potential champion San Francisco 49ers is going to make less money next year or this year than probably three quarters of the quarterbacks in the SEC? <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. It's all uh, recruiting. It's I mean, all recruiting. If you were a head coach <laughs> at Virginia Tech now, could you ever go on vacation? Uh, th- these guys can get in the portal at any time. I mean, I don't think – how do these guys ever take any time away uh, for they fear that you're going to lose all your guys? They don't. They don't. And then they, uh, and I love my guy Bill. Bill's going, what do you think you get paid for? Well, you know what? There's got to be some parameters. They they don't. There's got to be a drop dead date on when they can put their name in the portal and when they can't. You should not be able to, you know, like 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 there are guys that are playing the NCAA tournament and as soon as they lose, you know, flying home on on the NCAA plane, they're putting their name in the portal. Yeah, it's crazy. 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 Uh, Kentucky is a, is a team that I'm a little bit confused. I think they, I think it's going to sound stupid to you. I think, I think they shoot bad threes. <laughs> I don't, I, and they haven't been good defensively. I know that, but um, I know some of the teams I think shoot pretty good threes, and and for some teams they don't care whether they're good or bad. I guess, but Kentucky shoots goofy threes to me. They they've lost four games in the league. Uh, supposed to be probably picked number two behind Tennessee. Who's playing really really good? Um, comment on Kentucky and also comment on Connect. Who's playing at uh, at Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, Kentucky. You know, I, I said this to Cal. I talked to Cal the other day after Tennessee game. You know, he's getting beat up. I said your season doesn't yeah. start until the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you see, so, so like like you got you, you got to focus about you know what's big picture. How you know how you, can you get where you need to go first? For you hit first, coach. They don't. They, they got to guard. They got to guard the ball. They got to guard the ball yeah, screen. They, they got to be connected. They got to communicate. They got to compete, and they got young bodies. And they, their body, their young, their young big bodies get bounced all over the place. But the perimeter guys should be mature enough. But they melt on every screen. They just they hit it. They're like Velcro. They hit screens. They just melt. Like I, like I, you know, Alabama could drop 120 on them on that spread ball screen action. Uh, but they've got to get. They've got. But he's got time. They can get better defensively. Um, and they got to get tougher. And then you know, he's got a lot of guys and. Unfortunately, he's also got some guys in the front court who haven't really separated themselves. So, you know, do you play Big Z? Do you play Bradshaw? Do you play Onyesu? I don't know. I mean, I, each one of them does something. I know the one guy you got to play. You're going to have to play Trey, uh, Adu Thiero because that, that guy's got some fight in him. So I, I think that's something that they're going to have to do moving forward. But, yeah, the threes, um, Antonio Reeves is a spontaneous three-point shooter. That's what he is. He, You know, he, he's you know he's almost streaky. Um if they didn't have Reed Shepard, they'd be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, because that guy, that guy gets some easy baskets. That part, he, he advance passes the ball up the floor better than any player I've seen in a long, long time. I think they got a chance, but I mean, I do think that part of it is every game is a Super Bowl when they go on the road. Part of it is they're so 
physically immature uh, and that he, he has spent more time on his offense this year. And I think he's neglected the, the defensive fundamentals that you need to build on if you're going to be a good defensive team. Uh, they're just not tough, but I do think that their upside is still a, an area where they could, could be very, very good. But I think they're a long way from being really good. Yeah. Does Alabama's style of play worry you in the NCAA tournament? You know what I mean? You're playing in these domes, these tight rims, uh, brand new basketball. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes those games turn into half court grinds with the pressure of one and done. Uh, they, they lost last year to a San Diego State team that was older, more physical. Now they're terrific, uh, in, in the conference here because they can outscore you. Does that, would that style scare you in the NCAA tournament or? I don't just comment. Well, it, it does, it does because it's almost like Creighton or Villanova back in the day. I mean, you live by the three, die by the three. I mean, they say threes, layups, free throws, but you know, when fifty percent of your shots come from three point line, you know that's an issue. I actually like the style of play for the tournament because it's hard to prepare for if you haven't seen it. Right. The, the speed of it. I, I think the thing that concerns me is their front court. <laughs> they don't have like you know Grant Nelson's a nice player. Uh, you know he's a you know a stretch five that shoots a really hard flat ball. You know, I mean he makes some, but they don't make enough of them where. You know he's he's going to beat you in my opinion. He beat you with his, you know his length, athleticism. Uh, you know the way they're playing. I mean, uh, I think they can impose their identity. I, I, I like if they get past the first round. I like I, I would always like them in the second round because I don't think you can prepare for the way they unless you've played against it yeah. or seen it. It's hard to prepare for that in 36 hours. It scares you to death too, because you never like they were down to Georgia seventeen to two the other night, but you never think they're out of it because they can hit three or four threes and then boom, they're right back in it. So uh, playing against them scary as well, isn't it, Seth? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the speed of it, uh, the angles of, of, of their ball screens, uh, the number, their spacing out of it. Uh, you know, you you know you can talk about in film, but you get the second day in the NCAA tournament. And you're preparing for that, and you know you're literally it's a walkthrough. Well, you can't, you know, there's no way you can simulate their speed, their spacing, uh, how you know their throwbacks, their second, you know, second touches in the paint. I, I think it's hard to, to 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 deal with unless you're like a Virginia and you're just going to play like heels to three point line and keep everything front, you know, and 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 own the tempo of the game on the other end. You've got to find a way to disrupt that. Like you can't take a bad shot, you can't turn it over. Oh, you're dead. Who is the one team you don't want to see uh, in the tournament? Connecticut? Is that the team you don't, Connecticut, you Connecticut, don't want? Yeah, here, here's the deal. And I'm going to say this on game day on Saturday. Connecticut. Klingon's out, they win. Spencer's out, they win. Uh, Spencer was out of game, they win. Caravan, who's terrific, is out, they win. Stephen Castle's out, they win. They've got depth, toughness, and I'll tell you one thing. Danny Hurley is a heck of a coach. Gosh, yes, I, go down, I, go, I, go down, I go down there all the time watch practice. That dude can coach now. Yes. I mean, and he and I'll tell you one thing now, he ain't afraid to coach his team now. <laughs> I, 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 like he ain't afraid to coach his team now. I mean, and they love him. And that's that goes back to my other thing. Like everyone know, oh, uh, if I coach my guys hard, you know, they might you spend time with your players off the court, you can coach them any way you want. Yeah. As long as as long um, as they know you care. Somebody asked me about about Purdue the other day. I said if you you probably laugh at this, I said I would just guard the crap out of the four perimeter guys. I'd guard him so hard and just see if that one. I, I don't know if I'd do that or not, but I said, 
I've got to keep those four perimeter guys from way, way scoring their average and do the best I could. He's a heck of a player, though, isn't he? Oh, God, Coach, he's a basketball player. That's what he, he's yeah. a, like people are, he's a good basketball player is what he is. And he's a good free throw shooter. Like, he is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he's a good player. Now, here, here's the deal. I think a year ago, and that's been the formula, you know, fairly Dickinson, St. Pete, get up beneath their guards. They've gotten better. You know, those freshman guards are sophomores. Braden Smith's yeah. one of the top ten guards in the country. I mean, he's a good player. They got this kid, Lance Jones, transfers from Southern Illinois. And he's got some dog in him. I mean, he will flat out guard you. He can rack it. He's strong. He's fearless. He's tough. So I would say a year ago, maybe that was the formula. I, th- I think, like, I look at Purdue and I look at UConn, I think they've separated themselves. And I think, actually, Purdue's perimeter game is the most underappreciated perimeter game. Mm-hmm. And they've got that versatility. They've got, That's why they've guard got them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they've they've got bigs now. You had some dudes that could guard, coach, and you had long range dudes. But yeah. like now, like they can play Mason Gills at the four, they can play him at the three. They got this kid Caleb first. They've got they've got they their depth in their front court. The Kaufman Wren, Trey Kaufman Wren is a big six eleven guy. They can play next to Edie, or they can you know. So they've got versatility. Uh, I think they're really good. I think he's a heck of a coach. Uh, and like I look at Purdue and, and Connecticut as a separation, and then you just see look, look, see, every 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 day you see a top ten team get beat on the road, and you saw a top ten team in, in North Carolina get beat at home after the Duke game. Uh, Seth, I need you to do me a favor. Uh, you guys made a pretty good hire yesterday with ESPN getting Coach Saban on board. <laughs> um, when he's up there and you're showing him around. Dad's got his cell. Uh, see if you'll be on our show. Could you work on that for us? I'll, 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 come on, show? I mean, how, wait a second. How can he not? Wait, he does he understand who he's dealing with? No. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, I understand is the statue. I mean, I, where, where's, where's Whip statue? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, could you help us? Get him on the show when you're short. We'll you get y'all, him on. Is there office we'll going to be next to each other up there? Yeah, office. Yeah, there's no office. I, he, he's, I think he's going directly to game day. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, are you, are I, you enjoying you, you enjoying what you're doing, Seth? Yeah, I, I do. I'm very, very fortunate, Coach. I, now, I miss the hell out of coaching. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I miss, you know, I was there. One of my former assistants is the head coach at Syracuse now, Adrian Autry, and Spending yeah. time with him yesterday and, you know, just, you know, seeing how well he's doing and how proud I am. But, you know, you miss impact in someone's life. But I've got yeah. a great job. I work with really good people. And then I work with Billis. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Billis. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I, you know, I'm, I've been blessed. And, uh, you know, I get a chance to stay around the game, which is something that's important to me because it's kind of how I grew up. And Are you, you in know, the just, studio uh, all the time up there, staying up there most of the time right now? Pretty much, yeah. I, you know, I did a game last night. I, you know, I've done a couple of games this year. I did a bunch last year. But, yeah, I'm in the studio usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Monday, Thursday, and then I go to game day on uh, on Friday and, yeah. and do that. Uh, well, I, sure I enjoy doing you. the games. Yeah, I sure appreciate you being on my nice of you. And always, uh, Coach, you're my man. Coach, I would never say no to you. I, I have so much respect. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to say it. I got so much respect for you and for all, all you know the guys that built the bridge for all of us. You know that followed you guys to cross. Uh, yeah, you know, well, you guys set a standard it. of how to do it and and uh, and impact lives. Well, work on work on Coach Saban for us. Get him to feel like you do, Seth. Um, <laughs> all right, you got it. I'm working on. <laughs> thanks, it. thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, thank, thank you. you. There's Seth Greenberg. Uh, absolutely. 
uh, outstanding. All right, so let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes before we get to break. Prince Glover and Hayes, outstanding attorneys that know the law. They know the problems that come up when you have an accident that probably shouldn't have occurred, whether it be on the highways, whether it be in your neighborhood or wherever, wherever it might be. Uh, you need some help, and you don't know what direction to go. Uh, Prince Glover and Hayes at 345-1234 will be happy to talk to you on telephone, tell you uh, about problems similar to the one that uh, you're talking about, and uh, then go by 701 Rice Mine Road and visit with them in person, and they'll do a good job of representing you. Prince Glover and Hayes, 345-1234. Do y'all know who the hottest ticket in college basketball is now? You got a guess? Hottest. Justin, you got a guess? Is it is it Auburn? Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark Road Games are the hottest. Yeah, thank hottest, you. I'm glad you mentioned that. She is ticket, a stud. Hottest tickets in every town. I tried I tried to get our listeners to listen to to go watch, to get on TV and watch her play. She is she is unbelievable. She can stroke that thing. Oh can, my heavens. She got hit she had thirty eight of the night in a hard game against Maryland. And 12 assists. The hottest ticket a- in college basketball. She's just a... 11, 511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. This report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. It matters who does your taxes. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. Inside the locker room, uh, get right up to the Yellowwood Hotline, and we'll get uh, we'll get Joe in. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Joe. Morning. Forty points in the paint for Auburn. We are the easiest team to throw the entry pass in of anybody I've ever seen. Auburn only had five turnovers the whole game. They shot a record 53 throws. Well, the record was making 40, not shooting 50, but made 40, the most in Auburn history. And they were 5 of 19 from three-point land, 26.3%. Now, I know, you know, that don't put no fear in me at all if I play zone. Or nothing. And then I got to see it in the timeout. All my questions have been answered about him and not going to zone defense and changing. When they had him on national television in the huddle, and he looks up at the clock and tells them, Auburn is on pace to score 125 points in this game. Well, I got news for him. That's on him. If he's not willing to try some changes and do some things different, you know, the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. (laughs) How's he eight and two, Joe? The league. What what was he before the league, Barry? Well, he's lost. He's 16 and seven. Yeah. But, I mean... 
He lost five games out of the league, Barry. Ohio State. He lost to Ohio. He lost to Oregon, and Oregon may not even make the tournament, and that was our best win. I mean, don't hey, you, we're had, so easy to prepare for. An, oh. They're not easy to prepare. Well, they may not do a lot oh, of things. Fans? Their spacing is terrific, and they they shoot the ball pretty well. Now they're not; they're hard to play. Now, well, it's just like you look. All y'all did with Seth there was talk about how great he is offensively. Well, you got to play the whole game, Barry. Yeah, but I mean, they. Barry is a team that shoots five of nineteen from three, and their strength is on the inside. Are you scared to play a zone on them? I mean, I just don't think they believe in it. Okay, you answered my question, and he said it. He's not going to change. Didn't he win the he regular season in tournament last year? And he's in first now. Well, so his style is working pretty good, isn't it, Joe? Well, Barry, is he ever? I've done said it. Is he ever going to get past the Sweet, sweet Sixteen? I mean, Tom, I don't. I mean, I have no idea. I well, have no idea. If you don't get past the Sweet Sixteen, you're not a top sixteen team. So if he does, basketball so is a tournament sport. If, tournament he, if sport. he does, then the style was good. If he happens to win that game, then the style was okay. I'm not being. I'm just asking. I think we what game? I'm saying if he, if he no, if he gets past the Sweet Sixteen, are we going to turn around and say okay, well that style's? I'm going to say I was wrong. That's what I'm going to say. If he can get past the Sweet Sixteen, and I hope he can, I'm forced to go to the Final Four and win the national championship. It's just frustrating watching this talent not be used correctly. Well, there, there's there's people um, that'll get you to comment on this or saying that he he needs to recruit maybe one big guy in the paint uh, that can that can take on you know Broom and these guys a physical uh, guy that maybe can't shoot threes but uh, just a roll of a banger and a defender down there. They probably do do need to add that to their roster because when they run into situations last night, they have no answer. Well, you really need two, Barry, because yeah. one, one is not. Injuries and their their body styles, you know where I'm going with that. Sure, sure. you got to have two guys. And it's, it's not, you know, with NIL, you're not going to be able to get two guys like that, Barry, unless you're Kentucky or North Carolina or Kansas. Yeah. All right, let's well, play it out. So do you think they don't win the regular season? SEC? Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank do you, you think they'd go past the Sweet 16? I mean, that, that's all about draw. I'd have to see who they're exactly. playing. You know, that's, exactly. That's all draw and luck. There's a lot of luck involved. Uh, you know, it's like – Austin P missed two free throws to win the game, or Alabama would have played Austin P in the Sweet 16 instead of Providence. So a lot of times right. luck's involved. That's so, right. So thank That's you, right. thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. All right, back up to the Yellowwood Hotline. What's up, Digger? Hey, Digger. Hey. Hey. I was informed you're wearing a burn orange shirt. Yeah. Watch out! You're going to be getting a lot of second looks from the women around there. <laughs> That's the last thing. That'll happen. Uh, Who's that handsome guy in the burn orange shirt? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Justin thought it was Auburn, but I told him it was Texas. <laughs> Real quick. Wimp, I want to know the story about Saban not going to Texas because I got a home version. Well, I think it sounded real. He was considering it more than I thought. Um, but from 
people I can find out a little bit more the other day than I uh, people. That, let me let me tell you my version, and it's okay, go ahead. Pretty real, sure. Uh, they got a billionaire by the name of Tim Hicks out of Dallas. Okay, they knew the lost dog. This is my last year as an athletic director, and they kind yeah. of had an undercurrent going like, "Hey, let's get rid of Mac Brown too." This will be an easy exit for both of them. Make the transition and go ahead and bring in Saban. Mm, like you're right. But DeLoss is such a good friend of Mac Brown. You know, have a country club atmosphere there for the billionaire donors and the boosters. Trust me. Sure. And Mac Brown is the epitome of an outgoing person. They were a power couple, him and Sally. All right. I mean, they had the city of Austin and that university by their pinky finger, okay? Yeah. And so the law tells Tim Hicks, this is the guy that owns the Ranger, bought Dr. Pepper. He was a billionaire, and he was a big donor. He scheduled a meeting with Mac Brown because he was recruiting in Dallas, and they go have a steak. And he brought up, he said, hey, look, are you going out with the law? And would you consider this and let us bring in Nick Saban? And these are his words. He said, he is not going to win a national championship with my players. Quote, unquote. That's what he said. Who said that? Mac Brown. Okay. This was all Mac Brown. Okay. And so when that lunch ended, Hick gave him the helicopter to fly back to Austin, and the whole time he's shouting and screaming at the lost dog. How dare you do this, da, 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 and so forth. Well, the contract was already sent to Sexton, and Saban got wind of it and said, I'm not going to be a part of this. No way. Hmm. He said, I don't want to be the bad guy coming in here. He said, no. And then, so and of course, right. Jackson said, well, while we're at it, why don't we go ahead and bump up the pay at Alabama because you've got an offer here from Texas. And that's exactly what happened, don't you think? Yeah. So this is all yeah, Mac yeah. Brown, that being a little smart, smug little, I mean, okay. So you should be, I know you you should be mad, billionaires. You, you should be mad huh? at Mac Brown then, Digger. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. He thought he's going to hurt Mac Brown. Blaming, yeah. I'm blaming Saban, too. Don't be so spineless that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings just because you won one natty at UT. Come on. Right. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're on it. I didn't know as much detail as you did, but sort of the same type thing. Yeah, I we'll thought. go with it. Sounds good. The, the, the helicopter pilot came out, came out on a radio station about two years <laughs> later after it all went down and told the story. Yeah, and I'm like, oh wow, that sounds real. That sounds very real. <laughs> what a show! Thank you, Digger. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Digger. Later. All right, get the break here and wrap up the show. You listen to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the towns of Nissan Traffic Center. The drive time on I-2059 between the I-359 and Skyland Boulevard remains at about seven to eight minutes. 
We haven't had any big problems there all morning, both east and westbound. Meantime, I-359 from the 2059 onto Highway 11. Or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today, the high 63. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild. The chance of showers by afternoon, the high 69. Saturday, cloudy with occasional rain, maybe a thunderstorm, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We'll get right up to the uh, Yellowwood Hotline. We got about 30 seconds, Tom. Sorry. Uh, what you got, my man? Well, I was just going to say, I don't disagree with Joe much. and uh, But I, I would encourage everybody to go back and listen to uh, Gary's show that played uh, or listen to Coach Oates' press conference day before yesterday. I found it to be very interesting about some of the challenges they had this year as a team, as a coaching staff. And it might enlighten people to have a little bit more respect for what they have accomplished so far this year. And uh, and I, I would say I'll call back tomorrow and talk about it. But, yeah. uh, Okay. I would say go listen to that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, thank you, Tom. All right, uh, we'll get to break. We're going to get out of here. We'll make way for the Gary Harris show. We'll be back tomorrow at uh, 7 a.m. We'll talk with Coach Sonny Smith about uh, the game last night. This is the Tide 100.9, 1230 a.m. WTBC. It's the home of Alabama sports.